0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Eat the Blank Page with me, Victor Rowe, your... Author friend? Your writer friend. I'm your pal. Hey, hey, what's going on? I guess we got a lot to talk about today because I have been very, very bad. I haven't recorded in a month or so and I apologize. I wanted to, but a lot of life things had popped up, and we're still pretty small, so I didn't feel compelled to tweet out that I was going to be taking a month off. Apologize, but I'm back in action for episode 17. Let's get it. So while I was on break, I went to go see a few movies that I haven't seen anyone else talking about, and it's upsetting. It's... Not that, like, I'm, like, crying in the corner about it, but it's, like, Agent Argyle, or Argyle, or whatever, it's Argyle, uh, released a week or two ago, and a little bit more recently, Lisa Frankenstein released a little bit ago, and I want to talk about those two things, because as... Someone who describes himself as a storyteller. Why do I describe myself as a storyteller and not an author or a playwright or a musician or whatever? Because I'm not against making a video game. I'm not against making a movie, being a director, uh, storyboarding a cartoon. I'm not against any of those things. I'm a big details guy, right? So... I want to be as precise as I can. And that's kind of how I attack my writing. But why do I describe myself as a storyteller? Because I want to be as accurate as possible when describing what I do. I'm an author, yes. I'm getting a book out. It's called Dapper House. It's great. But I'm also a playwright. I'm not against making a movie. I'm not against shooting videos. I'm not against making a video game. Or helping with the story of a video game. Or telling a story through musical pieces. And like showing symbolism and evolutions of concepts. I'm not against any of those things. So to call myself an author would be limiting to myself. To call myself a playwright would be limiting to myself. So to cover all of my bases, I am a storyteller. And I'm very comfortable with that. Um, I, I believe it. Shows truly how I feel about the work that I do. where Whether I'm on Wattpad, testing out a plot idea. Whether I'm making an actual novel. Or a book of short stories. Or just some random little whatever. That's what I do. And that's what I appreciate. Making a play would be honing in on the same thought processes and attitude that I would have attacking a book or a weekly entry story thing. If you want those, let me know. But that is why I'm, I consider myself a storyteller more than anything else. So with that, when I go to the movies, which I love going to the movies, I'm an ANSI's A-list, Stubbs rewards member, come at me. It's, it's it's a wonderful program, by the way. If, if, if you haven't looked into it, you get three free movie tickets a week. I'm not sponsored by them, but I totally would be if they wanted to sponsor me. So I go all the time with my partner, and we saw Agent Argyle. And more recently, we saw Lisa, Lisa Frankenstein. Hence why I want to talk about those two things. Let's start with Agent Argyle because it was the first one that I watched. I, just like everyone else... Was, okay, spoiler alert for both of the movies. I'm going to be talking a lot about them. So, this is your warning now. Be-woo-wee-woo-wee-woo. Spoiler warning. Okay. Adrian Argyle. It was amazing. It was so, so good. And I can't get across that thought more than this, right? Okay, so... Going into the movie, everyone and their mom thought that Agent Argyle was going to be a story about a author. (laughs) That's why I liked it. An author that was accidentally telling actual true events in her spy novels and gets abducted by one of the agencies like the good guys and is being hunted by one of the bad guys. That's what everyone thought it was going to be because that's what the trailers kind of pointed towards. But instead of that, we got a much more, I can't say traditional because I haven't watched the older spy films. But of my knowledge, a much more traditional spy f- flick because not only did it fulfill what you thought it was going to be for like a a third of the movie, it spent the second third revealing that she she, the main character is Agent Argyle and her parents are like actually like the main bad guys of the whole evil organization that grabbed her right when she lost her memory so that she became an author to rewrite the story because it was her memories and then she's Agent Argyle, and now it's just a spy flick with the the guy who likes rescues her in the beginning being like her like boyfriend and she's actually like the best spy there is and all this stuff and then like you think about what was happening earlier and you're like oh my god that's why he was so frustrated with her for being like a scaredy cat or whatever. That was that's why she was able to do XYZ. And it was so fun because it it constantly went. Okay, so I know you think you know what's going on, but you see this little detail right here? We're 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 just gonna we're just gonna and rip the whole rug out from under you. And it happens like Three times and and you would think this would only happen once or twice at most. Three king times. And the last one, in her mind, Henry Cavill's like from the trailers and stuff, is ancient archive so that's what she pictures whenever she's writing the stories which are actually her memories yada yada kind of like a self-insert subconsciously and she like hallucinates and sees him do things and it's it's actually really funny there's some really good moments from it but they have henry cavill show up at the end of the movie as not that but some, like, c- country bumpkin guy who comes in and is like, I'm sure you got some questions for me. Like, shut the fuck up. What? What? And then the after credits scene is like the beginning. I think it references the Kingsman or it ties itself to the Kingsman franchise. But it's like, hey, here's a bar called the King's Man. And then young Henry Cavill, I guess, shows up to the bar and is like ordering a secret drink that's actually gives the guy gives him a box. And now he has a pistol and it's like, oh, and then it says and then it says the Agent Argyle movie series is coming out soon or whatever. Like book one of the five books, with the fifth being Argyle, the one that, you know, I got to go see or that you guys got to go see. And those aren't even the big plot pull rug pulls. The big plot rug pulls are the, of course, just like the reveal of like, hey, your books are real events. And then it goes from there. She gets rescued or whatever. Straight to straight to just like bonding with this guy or whatever. And then he says something like, oh, yeah. And she needs a bullet in the head. Ho, 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 to someone on the phone, and then she runs back to her mom and dad. At this point, we've already met the evil guy, and he, like, shoots someone or whatever. But the mom and dad show up, and the dad is the main evil guy. What the f- What? Oh, God. He doesn't know. And then it's revealed that he does know, and all that stuff. Just so, like, how do you get out from there? That's the first major rug pull. Is like, oh, my God. What is going on? Second one is, hey, um, you're actually Agent Argyle. Sorry. Because, uh, Sam Jackson's, Samuel L. Jackson's character is like, it's time for you to meet the real Agent Argyle. And then he, like, pulls up her file from when she was a spy. Of like, hey, this is you, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, the story becomes, like, her becoming her old self and her acquiring her old abilities or whatever. And then it's like, hey, she's actually a double agent for the bad people. Pretty funny, huh? And then you, like, think she turns bad. And then it's like, oh, our main character is now the villain. And we're following the guy who saved her at the beginning. And it's like, oh, actually, no, she's a double double agent who is working for the good guys. And... They have this crazy good like fight sequence, like shootout scene that carries on for a very fun few minutes where there's like colored smoke and dancing with shooting. And then like she like ice skates on a giant ground floor of oil. And it's just so cool. It's so cool. And it was fun. It was it was very, very fun. But that was one of the main things I really appreciated about the story. Not one, but like everything I just talked about was a huge thing that I appreciated from the movie. That they didn't give me everything that I wanted when I saw the trailer. They knew what they were doing with the trailer. The main point of having a trailer is to tease the movie. Right? Right? It's to say, hey, here's what the movie kind of about. Here's the feel, roughly. Here's some of the main characters. We hope you come and watch it. That's what it's supposed to do. It's it's supposed to go, hey, here's a loose idea of the plot. Here's a loose idea of the characters. Here's here's why you need to come watch this movie. And they didn't give that. They gave something better because it, it got you to the theater and then went, hey, you know the thing? That you thought you knew? Fuck you. You don't know anything. And that's exactly what they said. That's exactly what they did. And so... (laughs) they, They understood the assignment so well. Because... Because the trailer got everyone to the theater. And then they gave more. It's the giving more. That I feel a lot of movies lack like wouldn't have been so cool that for the third how to train your dragon movie they didn't show the white girl dragon and you're watching this movie and you're like oh my gosh this is it's another training dragons movie this is so cool you know oh bad guy Oh, oh he he's different than the last two bad guys and so this will be fun And then they drop, there's a female Night Fury called a Light Fury. And they like got a breed now. That would be awesome. Would have been so cool if more movies did that. Where it was like, it just didn't give away the whole plot. I feel like every movie trailer does that now. Like I watched the movie trailer and I feel like I already saw the movie. It's, it's just, it's just a breath of fresh air. To not be spoon fed the whole movie's plot in the trailer, because that's not what a trailer does. It's not a quick little, it's not a quick little brush through the highlights of the movie. It's supposed to get you in the, the theater. It's supposed to say, hey, here's the vibe, here's the characters, here's the story, have fun. And there's no more fun. That's why I stopped watching trailers to begin with. And the only trailers I see now are the ones that I watch while I'm at the movie theater you you'll be hard-pressed to see me looking up a trailer anymore unless it was like a really funny one or like a really really good one you know it it's just it didn't it didn't give you everything and it was so nice because they tailored it to still be like hey this could be a movie and everyone went in thinking that that's what it was because they knew what we were going to think Uh, An author who writes a spy series that gets abducted by the spy organization she was actually writing writing about because she accidentally guessed it. That's an amazing plot for a movie. But they didn't just do that. They didn't just settle there. They added to the idea that they gave us. So what I like to see from these movie trailers are just enough for us to know what it's about. But leave some surprises for the screen. Leave some moments when you're watching the movie to go, that'd be so cool. You You know who didn't do that? The Five Nights at Freddy's movie. And I'm sorry to be talking about Five Nights at Freddy's again. I'm sorry it's a huge part of my life and a huge reason why I started doing writing and storytelling. And I'm sorry... That this is the idea, or this is the example that I came up with. But the Five Nights at Freddy's trailer shows Springtrap. Why would you show Springtrap? Why? Why would you show Springtrap? He's not in the first games. He has no ties to the first games other than he's just the purple guy. The purple guy in the games shows up in game two and is there until today. So, for uh, the first movie of the of the finest Freddy's franchise of movies, because they're going to make more. They made, it made too much money. In in about the game that's not supposed to have the purple guy in it, why the are you going to put the perp guy in there? And if you are, why are you going to show it in the trailer? It was the last little thing of him ripping out the knife of the trailer. It would have been such a good trailer if they didn't put that in there because when I got to the movie theater all excited, I was ready for Five Nights at Freddy's 1. I was ready for this guy surviving a pizzeria. I wasn't ready for... The first two, the first three games, to be just smushed into one movie, because the third game ends with the death of Purple Guy. Death, he becomes Springtrap. So it's like, why, what, what, why are we ending the first movie with it? And if we are, it would have been such a cool reveal. It would have been so cool to be in the, in the in the theater, and then, oh my God, Purple Guy shows up. It would have been nice to just have him be like there. Like the he he in the movie, he was he was the job coordinator guy. So it's like, okay, in the first movie he's the job coordinator guy, and then oh, unexpectedly in the second movie, it's revealed that he's actually the purple guy. Cool. But if you're going in there with that expectation, the the sting of and the and the fear of having him in the spring trap suit show up and Whip out a knife on you would be so much like better, it would just be so much more, just so much more, you know. And I feel like that's something that's missing from a lot of movies and movie trailers is just that aspect of more that you know I've been talking about. That rant aside, I think Agent Argyle or Argyle or Argyle was a very, very good movie, it really brought my appreciation for spy genres or the spy genre like up a few notches where it's like okay you know I see why people like spy thrillers and stuff because I never went into a spy movie not knowing what was going to go on and I you know honestly I wasn't expecting a spy movie I don't know what I was expecting but it wasn't kind of like oh twists and turns and whatever whatever so I don't know what the gen- general consensus is but I I like the movie very, very much. Uh, with that being said, Lisa Frankenstein is another movie that I don't I don't think a lot of people went to go see at all or even just cared. When I saw that's actually an opposite example of Argyle, where Argyle's trailer kind of made the movie better because it didn't give away everything. I think Lisa Frankenstein, Stein's trailer, gave the wrong idea for what kind of movie it was going to be. I went into Lisa Frankenstein thinking that she dug up the body, also spoilers for Lisa Frankenstein, uh, she dug up the body of the guy that she had a crush on that was dead, and then threw him in the tanning bed, sparked him to life, did the whole mad scientist thing for herself. I thought it was going to be very like women-empowering movie. Not, like, to the levels of, like, Barbie. But, like, hey. She made her own Frankenstein boyfriend. Because it's, like, a it's like a rom-com, but it's, like, dark and edgy. I like that idea. That she would just did it herself. Because it, like, it gave that level of this is a story, not this is something real that happened. That I kind of appreciate in a lot of movies. Or a lot of stories where it's, like, I feel like... With the rise of the Avengers movies and Marvel movies as a whole, they've taken the fantastical and the imaginary and tried to base it in reality. And it takes away from what they were trying to go go away from to begin with. Because in the comics, it's very like, oh, Thor is just magic. And it's like, no, Thor is actually an alien from... Far, far away that has different biology and this and that. And there's actual rules and regulations and spells and shit. Um, but that took away the fantastical. And the fantastical is supposed to be like you don't know anything. You don't know everything. You just know that this is the rule. And I think that's why a lot of people like D D. Um, but like going into the physics of like, hey, how do how does Spider-Man's web fluid work? It's like, why are we spending so much time on how it works? And just get on with the fact that he can shoot webs and swing. I love details. This is this is a guy who loves those details. Loves going into it. Loves thinking about the realistic parts of, hey, how would this fantastical thing actually work in science? You know, I love game theory. And that's what it used to talk about a lot um, in the earlier days. But too much of that rips away all of the imagination from whatever story that you're looking at. And so I thought it was going to be a lot of fun to just watch her go, yeah, I'll just dig it up. And she digs it up and she hauls the body to the tanning bed, sparks it up. And now she has like a dead boyfriend that she's like teaching to be um, normal again because it got messed up because it's been dead for so long. And it's like, haha, he's old and a zombie basically. And she's just crazy in love with them. And it was going to be super, super cute. And it turned into like... Dude got friend-zoned for most of the movie. And then they fell in love with each other. Like, I was super ready for them to just be in love with each other from the rip. I thought it was going to be very refreshing to see a rom-com like that. Because usually, it's just like how it was. they're not together... One of them wants to be together. One of them is like, eh, whatever. I like this other dude or a girl. And then through some series of events, they like fall for each other or whatever. And I like the movie. Still was very, very funny. I like the vibe. The main girl was very relatable. Even like for me, and I'm not a dude. They wrote her, I felt very well. And with my partner, she was like, oh, I feel that because they were talking about like girl problems. You know, there was a lot of commentary on like accepting people for who they are. this meetings and stuff. And it wasn't like a 10 out of 10 perfect movie, but it was good. I had a lot of fun going. And you know who else had a lot of fun going? Three other people in the theater. Why the hell was no one in the Lisa Frankenstein theater? I saw it release day the day it premiered i went to go see it and there was five people in that theater including me it's a good movie it's very very good it takes place in the 80s the main villain gets axed by the love interest and it's it's cute if you're into like that gothy witchy aesthetic which i personally am and it has like darker themes and senses of humor and a very very intentionally cringy moments which is hilarious god go watch that movie it is a good movie they did a very good job with it and it's like yeah i like seeing original ip I, I love seeing that um like the horror movie imaginary coming out like i love seeing something fresh something new something that isn't a marvel movie but yeah why am i talking about movies Why, why why do i give, why do i care about movies it's because you can learn a lot from storytelling from any type of story. So you don't need to just read books to know to learn about how to write a book. You don't need to just read books or just watch movies to learn how to make a movie. There are lessons that can be learned from any story, and it's all about how we transfer that lesson into the medium that we're working with. So what they did with Argyle was bait everyone with just the best hook I've seen in a very, very long time. And then they subverted expectation. They gave more and they enhanced the story with it. They didn't take away from what it originally was because it's, it's not like they're like, Hey, come see this. And then it wasn't that it was that for a bit for like half the movie. That's what it was. And then they hit you with a twist. It it was well paced. It was well-timed. Um, there was a lot of confusion, which like put you in the shoes of the main character who was going through a lot of confusion and learning a lot of things very, very fast. But they did a good job of, as she was really coming to terms with it, really explaining what was going on. So you always knew what was going on. And as a storyteller, I can learn that your hook is only as good as how you use it. So I can't tell you that this lady is a... freaking fortune teller i can tell you that but i need to deliver that i need to give you that and if i want to make it something else there needs to be a point in which it changes it can't just be i can't lie about with my hook like i can't i can't tell you i can't tell you it's going to be one thing and then give you something completely different so with what a hook is if i were to talk about my book doppler house i would tell you about how I would tell you about how Detective Benny Torres is investigating her friend Connor's house because she suspects doppelgangers have taken over her friends. And if I'm following the the lesson that Agent Argyle has taught me, that's all I'm going to give you. There's the detective who receives a clue informing her that her friends are going to be taken over by doppelgangers. And she has to go and rescue them, but she doesn't know... If they're taken or not, and she, it's like you see her like try to piece together, the piece together the story, really try to like find out who's who, all that kind of stuff. And if you're interested in that, down below is a link to my personal account or my mainly an author account. I don't know. It's where I'm promoting everything to do with doppler house which is you know my first book it's very big it's very exciting i'm very excited about it a lot of people are getting very into it i always use the tagline of it's doppelganger love story that's very the shape of water and also if the thing was a love story that's kind of how it is and i'm very proud of it i hope you guys like it it's releasing in a month so you know Countdowns are going. Yeah, go check it out there. The link will be in the description again. Uh I have plenty of teaser videos. I have of like my favorite quotes as little videos if you want to see those and get like a feel for the story. So Agent argyle and um Lisa Frankenstein were actually a lot of fun to go see. So if you guys haven't gone gone to see that, uh go check it out before it's out of theaters. And if it is out of theaters by the time you're hearing this, uh just watch it on Netflix or something. I'm sure it's there. <laughs> uh yeah. So There is no um, page to prompt for this week, but I do want to tell you guys, and there's also not going to be a new segment, I'm just going to tell you guys what's going on. So, I'm releasing the podcasts every week, once a week on Tuesday, and I went from two days a week to one day a week because of the workload, and I'm in kind of the most stressful part of getting this book out to you guys where I don't know anything about publishers I don't know anything about marketing I don't know anything about um, how to get books on shelves how to get it into the hands of you guys who actually want to read it and I'm learning as much as I can and I'm trying as hard as I can and the things I do now that aren't pertaining to that is to purely build a fan base behind just me, my name, the things that I write, and the stories that I tell. So, what I'm asking for is, if you know anyone who you think would enjoy the podcast, or if you go check out my personal channel, anything that I post there, if you want frequent updates about the book, or about just the podcast in general things i'll probably be talking about things i'm doing in my day as a writer please go check out my other social medias i'm on tiktok instagram youtube shorts and twitter twitter is the main thing i like i'll be like hey i'm thinking about this (laughs) so it would help out immensely if you just share it to a few people Because I'm still excited to hit double digits with the views on uh, the podcasts. And um, I'm trying to make them better. And I'm glad you guys are here for the ride. I I, I truly am. Because my main thing that I want to do with being a writer is to change people's lives. I want to inject myself into someone's life. And my thoughts and my writing and my characters and my story. To entertain. To teach lessons. To just have fun learn about ourselves have a place to put the things that I learn and the experiences that I've had and just the worlds that I can make up I believe are something special and I hope you guys see that too I hope I'm not being very like all high and mighty like oh I'm the best whatever But my goal is to be an author, a playwright, movie director, a lead storyboard director guy for like a video game. I want to make stories that you guys appreciate, like how a lot of people appreciate Halo, how a lot of people appreciate the Witcher franchise, the Hunger Games franchise. I want to... Get my stories out there to you guys. Please you can have fun along the way with me. I can be there for when I release the books and stuff. It's weird saying it. Because I, I kind of feel like. Wow, that could be so cool. But, but you know. There's no other way I can say it. And I, I want to affect people. With my writing. With my stories. I'm a storyteller. That's what I am. Gosh, uh, I edit these, but I'm looking at forty one minutes right now. That's crazy. I think that's all it's gonna be for today. Sorry for no page user prompt. Sorry for no news flash. but uh, just be on the lookout for shorts coming out, videos coming out. And if you're on the Twitter, I'll actually be tweeting about some of the things I'm gonna be talking about. I want I don't want this to be uh this podcast is for blank or this will help this podcast will help you with this because my favorite podcasts are usually story podcasts where it's like a D podcast that has like a narrative or it's just people of a specific field talking just about stuff you know and that's what i that's more what i want to do and hopefully you guys like that so that's all the time I have for today's episode of Either Blank Page with me, Victor Rowe, your storytelling best friend, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, hope everyone had fun. I definitely did. It's going to be back. I'm going to be back on regular weekly episodes every Tuesday as soon as I can. So it's either 12 a.m. or like... Or like today, like I'm, I'm recording it and then I'm immediately editing it and posting it because I I was bad this weekend, but everyone has a wonderful time. Thank you very much. And I will see you guys next time. Goodbye. (laughs)